Welcome to episode 25, Knowing What's Right for You and Following Your Truth. Welcome to the Wellness Project podcast with Claire Obeyed. I'm a life and wellness coach, yoga teacher, EFT practitioner, and meditation guide. And most importantly, I'm a mama. And I'm here to support you to free your mind, fuel your body, and feed your soul as we journey into the project of your own wellness. From meditation, yoga, spirituality, and health, to well-being, mindset, conscious living, and conscious parenting, I dive into it all. Featuring moments of contemplation mixed with inspired action and handy takeaways, you will feel inspired and motivated, ready to cultivate new habits, rituals, and tools for your wellness journey. With mini meditation sessions to support you in cultivating inner stillness, connection, and clarity, and special co-hosted episodes and interviews to answer your questions. The Wellness Project podcast has you covered. Hi beauties, welcome to today's Q&A episode for the Wellness Project podcast. So I received this question via email a few weeks back and it really jumped out at me because I've actually been through this exact same situation. So I really wanted to respond and hopefully it resonates with you listening too because This is all about really knowing what is true for you, learning to follow that even if it is completely against what you think you should or shouldn't be doing and tapping into what's right and following that, following that to as far as you have to follow it. So I'm going to read this Q&A to you. Um, I'm going to keep it confidential though because obviously this is a very personal situation for someone. It says, hi Claire, I'm just writing to see if you've got any other thoughts on how to figure out if what we are in is right. I feel so much inner conflict and what is getting thrown around in my head is whether it's me and my own insecurities and maybe what I envisioned my life partner to be or whether that niggly feeling I get, and in brackets it says I admit it is often when I'm premenstrual, is true. I can't figure out what my truth is whether it's worth listening to things even in premenstrual times or whether I'm talking myself out of something. Because at other times there is a lot of love there and obviously I wouldn't be in this relationship. I think what is underlying is that I didn't have a lot of time being single between my last boyfriend and this one and sometimes I dream about having that alone time to really figure some stuff out. But as I'm aware, I could be fantasizing about something that would feel horrible. As you can see, I'm a little all over the shop. Any suggestions on what to read or to do and to get a little bit more clarity would be great. When you were going through your satin return, Claire, or before you met your current partner, what helped you? Thanks for listening to my ramble. Okay, so as I said, I have been through this exact same situation. So I'm going to tell you my story first and then I'm going to use that story to kind of provide you with a little bit of guidance around this. But I do want to say up front that your truth is your truth and my truth was my truth and everybody's experiences are different but I'm hopefully going to help this beautiful girl and maybe yourself really be able to see and feel the difference between what is your truth and what are your fears and ego talking. So before I met my husband, my beautiful man Chris, I was in an almost six-year relationship in my early 20s, and it was a really fun relationship. We traveled, we lived overseas for a few years, it were my, in my party years, so there was a lot of partying and a lot of 
contraband chemical items consumed (laughs) during that period of life. And there was nothing so much as, you know, particularly wrong with this relationship. There were no major problems, no complications. There was no abuse or anything like that. He was and still is a very good guy and we had a, a great time. However, whilst living overseas, and I guess this culminated because of the kind of lifestyle that we were living in at that time, which was a really heavy party scene, I started to feel a real discontent and disconnect. And that started to come out in how I felt about my life and how I felt about my relationship. Now, this was the beginning of my Saturn returns. This was the beginning of this astrological energetic journey that really shakes things up for you. And for me in particular, it brought up a lot of questions around who I truly was, what I was meant to do in the world, and anything that was incongruent with that was brought to the light very quickly as a potential block or problem for me. And that included my relationship. At this time, at this very, very early stage of Saturn return, I didn't have any inkling as to what I was meant to do with my life, where I was going and who I was, but there was deep unrest and it was a very uncomfortable, unsettled time. So fast forward, had really changed my lifestyle while still living overseas in London and really pulled back on taking drugs and partying and all that kind of stuff. But obviously that's the relationship that I'd been in and that's where we started to rub up against each other in the wrong way because he was still in that lifestyle and I didn't want anything to do with it. And then we left London, we came back home to Australia. Now it became very obvious very quickly that this relationship was one of the things that was going to be called into question in my life. And one of the things potentially that I needed to look at through a magnifying glass, shine some light on and get really super clear as to whether it was supporting me or not. And I resisted. I resisted big time because I loved him. And this is what I'd known for five and a half years. And it felt safe and it felt good and it felt true. It felt true, I guess, on the level that it was what... I knew, if that makes sense. However, my body started to show me very clear signals that I was ignoring my truth. I was ignoring the clear messages coming through in my heart. I was replaying things in my head nonstop. I was overanalyzing. There was so much complexity and everything felt so complicated And that was mostly because I was resisting. I was resisting sitting and feeling into and tuning into what was true for me. So the more that I resisted and the more that I fought back and the more that I tried to pretend that these thoughts and ideas that were coming through to me were not happening and that they were just, I don't know, some form of fear coming up. The more I resisted, the more that my body showed me that there was a massive problem. So I started to get really severe irritable bowel syndrome. I'd already had it for a while and it had gotten really bad. I developed a really bizarre case of OCD. I would wake up in the middle of the night and realign the cushions and 
I would fuss and fluff and reorganize and it was it was just anxiety at its peak. I developed something called an ectopic heartbeat, which is an additional heartbeat. I struggled to breathe properly and I felt all the time that my heart was just about to pound out of my chest. I would have low-level anxiety and panic attacks and it just kept going. You know, this was a good year of being home back in Australia where all this stuff was happening and me just trying to pretend like all this stuff in my head and in my heart was just not real. I went to the doctor and I sat down and I asked him about this heart thing. (laughs) You know, thank God he said this. He turned around and he said to me, Claire, what you're experiencing is a direct relation to stress. And he said, whatever is going on inside your head, fix that first. And that was a massive slap in the face. For some reason, I don't know why, but I thought there must have been some sort of test that he could run or some drug that he could give me and everything would be all okay and I could just keep pushing this under the carpet and get on with my life. But when he said that, I realized, okay, so I am ignoring something and this is really uncomfortable and so terrifying. I was so terrified to really look at this relationship and to potentially walk away from it. So terrified. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit. This kept going on for months. And I remember we went on this beautiful holiday to Thailand. And it was such an amazing experience. He was so beautiful and kind and generous. And he was just like the perfect boyfriend on this trip. And I somehow convinced myself that, oh, he's really growing up and we're really aligning and this is beautiful and we had a great time. Which I just want to add a side note on here. Your partner shouldn't have to change for you to love them and want to be with them. But that's what I was experiencing at this time. And I came back and my sister had asked me how our holiday had been. And I had said, you know, it was great. It was beautiful. It was really lovely. And she turned around to me and she said this one line. And she said, okay, I just want to ask you one question and I'll never, ever, ever comment on him or this relationship ever again. She said, Claire, is he do or die? Meaning, would he do anything for you or die trying? And it literally smacked me in the face. I literally almost fell over and just sobbed and went home with this massive realization that it wasn't about him, but that we were not life partners. We didn't have a future together. We didn't have what was required to carry each other through whatever life was going to throw at us and that I was being asked to reevaluate my entire life and ending this relationship was part of that. So I did and it was immediate relief and immediate improvement in my health. The night that we broke up, my ectopic heartbeat completely stopped and never, ever, ever returned And that was a huge wake-up call to me that I had ignored my heart and my truth so deeply that my body was screaming out to me and that I'd ignored my body and that once I actually listened and responded, everything started to shift. It didn't mean that going through that breakup period was easy, but it was palpable how clear it was that that was one massive element of my life that had to change. And in changing it, I opened up to so much more. So I wanted to share that story with you because it really highlights how 
important it is to listen to our truth. Now, I'm grateful for that experience as drawn out as it was because it really showed me in the way that I needed to learn at that time how important it is to listen to the clues and the signals that our heart and sometimes our mind are telling us too. You know, we spend a lot of time thinking that every single thought that we have, especially if you're in the spiritual world, is just ego and only fear-based and that there's no truth in our thoughts. But sometimes, for a lot of us, we don't have the ability to fully tune into our heart. So it comes through in thoughts. It comes through in these ideas that come out of nowhere that are saying to you, maybe you shouldn't be in this relationship. Or maybe this guy isn't right for you, even though he's amazing. Or maybe you shouldn't take that job. And you question it because you're thinking that's just crazy. Or that you've told that your head is just full of fearful ego-based thoughts, which it often is. Or you ignore it because it's too uncomfortable to go there. But for some of us, sometimes it does show up like that especially when we're not attuned to hearing and feeling and sensing what the heart is communicating. And that's taken me years to do. That's taken me years to actually just be able to sit with my heart and feel into my heart. That's actually a a really powerful experience and it takes a lot of work. So sometimes we do actually have to listen to the random little thoughts that come out of nowhere and that just drop in and say X, Y, Z. Now, what comes with a lot of those thoughts are feelings and sensations in the body. Sometimes, like me, your body will start to show signals that it's not being heard and it really needs you to listen. And the stress and the anxiety and the disconnect from your truth and the muddiness and all of that starts to show up, sometimes in sickness and poor health and disease and all sorts of ailments. And sometimes it can just be a physical sensation that every time you tune into one of those thoughts, your body gives you some sort of reaction, maybe a a churning feeling in the pit of your stomach or shivers or chills or goosebumps. Now, I'm saying this because I want to make it clear that sometimes we discredit what's dropping into our mind because it's in our head and there's always so much conversation and so much jargon and so many words flying around in our head but I don't want you to think that everything that your mind shares with you is irrelevant and rubbish because it's not it's just your inner self your soul is using whatever way it can to get the message through now on the flip side of that coming back to the question that I shared with you earlier from this beautiful girl that emailed me It could be that sometimes those thoughts are just fear-based and they are based in your ego's concerns around potentially maybe, as an example, something that's happened to you in the past. So it's afraid of what might be going on right now because of past life experiences or it's afraid because you've appropriated stories from other people which aren't your stories. So there can often be this fear-based thinking that is purely that fear-based thinking that's come from past experiences or stories that you've appropriated or future tripping and worrying and being anxious about stuff that you cannot control. So this is the rub, right? This is the, the, the point where you need to be able to discern 
What's dropping through for me right now? Is it sticking with me? And when I tune into the message, I can feel some truth in that. And it's uncomfortable, but I can't ignore it. Or is it a fear and I can identify where this fear has come from? Is it a worry and an anxiety and a concern that's not really mine? And actually, when I just let it go, I feel a lot of lightness and I feel a lot of release and I'm no longer concerned about this thing that keeps bothering me, this issue with my relationship, these questions that I have. Now, I want to add here that if something doesn't leave you and it keeps persisting and insisting on being heard and felt and voiced in some way, you do need to start paying attention. You do need to do some journaling work around it. You do need to talk it out with somebody. You maybe get a coach or a counsellor. You do need to pay attention because it is trying to tell you something. And generally, when it persists that much, there is some truth in there. It might not necessarily be, you must break up with this person, end the relationship now, full stop. But it might be something that's important and imperative to your happiness in that relationship or in that situation or circumstance. Now back to the question, I just want to comment that this beautiful email that I came through mentioned that she often feels a lot of this confusion, these niggly feelings come up when she's premenstrual. I used to think personally that when I was premenstrual that anything that came through for me was just complete and utter crap and I was hormonal and I shouldn't pay attention to it and I'm not my true self. I'm this heightened anxious banshee of a woman who doesn't make any sense. I've now come to realize personally, I'm saying that very clearly here for me personally, that everything that I'm feeling is heightened at that time, but often it can be a direct line of communication to my truth, to my soul. And it comes in loud and fast and clear and strong and intense. I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe a portal opens just before you start to menstruate. Maybe there's some sort of alignment with these hormones. And yes, you do have to be discerning. You know, I've had situations before where I've cried over my scrambled eggs not being cooked properly and like sobbed for 20 minutes over it, like ridiculous. But... Underneath that, there is a feeling of needs not being met on a greater level. And when I tune into that and tap into that on a deeper level and peel away a layer, I could actually find out what that really is about. But there's also times when I'm premenstrual where I, yeah, I, I can feel I'm heightened and I can feel that I'm on high alert. But what drops in is just so clear and so strong and so on the money. That's my experience. And I just wanted to share that because I don't want women to walk around thinking that who they are and what they experience during their menstruation and the premenstruation is a problem and that they're wrong or that they need to hide themselves away from the world because everything that they say or do is just complete and utter mush and is irrelevant. I don't want you to think that. In fact, I do believe that 
your personal cycle is an incredible way to channel and open and stay connected to your truth. That's a whole separate conversation. I just wanted to add that in. So in regards as well to the element of the question where she mentions that she could be fantasizing about the other side, the grass is always greener, you know, potentially being single and having some time that she didn't have before and that she could be fantasizing about something that would feel horrible. There's a few things to comment on that. The first element is if that fantasy is persisting and insisting, I would sit down and do some work around fleshing out that fantasy because that actually sounds to me like a heart, a soul speak kind of conversation coming through. What is it that you think maybe you might experience if your life was like that? What feels good when you tune into that vision and that fantasy? Is there something missing for you? And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go break up with the relationship, but it might be that your soul is trying to say, there's all this stuff that you need to do and experience. Relationship or not, you need to do and experience this stuff. So it's time to listen up. So I would do some journaling and some meditation around sitting with that fantasy and actually honoring it and allowing it to come forward, allowing the energy or the entity of that vision to be heard, commune with it, because it's obviously showing up and tapping on your shoulder for a reason. Maybe it leads to you realizing you need to end the relationship, and that's okay. Relationships ending are not the, the end of your life. They're an opening into a new opportunity, and every relationship that you have is a beautiful gift because it's filled with love and joy, hopefully, but even if it's not, it leads to a realization, a lesson, a growth for you. And you can bow your head, hands in prayer, and gratefully say thank you to that relationship, whether you're still in it or it's ending, and offer up divine gratitude for what it has given to you and to your partner, and get ready to move forward. Now, she also mentions that you know the, the other side could be horrible, but this is called future tripping, right? This is you anticipating and assuming what you think could be on the other side and that's where your ego and your fears come in that's where your mind is playing tricks on you and trying to keep you safe from potentially moving forward into something that you do need to experience because it's saying you don't know what could happen you're not in control of this situation you have no idea if this is going to be right for you that's all fear-based ego-based mingle stories Right, So you want to be able to go, okay, I hear you. I hear that you're concerned for me, ego. I hear that you're really worried for me, that the other side of this might not be that rosy. But my truth is actually saying this is what I need to do and I need to honor that. And I'm shit scared, but that's okay. Because sometimes being scared is actually a clear indication that you're on the precipice of some beautiful, incredible transformation for you. So in terms of what I personally did to support myself through this I'm going to be really honest this experience that I described for you when I went through this was at the beginning of my personal self-development journey so I didn't have that many tools at hand uh, I spent a lot of time like I said ignoring what was going on for me and pretending that what I was thinking and feeling could just 
be pushed aside and will eventually go away. Since then, though, some of the tools and guidance that I've given you throughout this are things that I've used in similar situations where I've had to really look at the big picture of what's going on for me. But ultimately, it is about sitting with the feelings, trying to get out of the head and the story, letting the intuitive thoughts drop in, letting the heart speak, sitting in meditation in stillness with non-judgment and full compassion and allowing yourself to tune in and hear what is trying to come through for you. This is so important. This element is so important. And I just want to leave you guys with this idea. You don't need to figure it out. Your head is not going to find the answer to what is true for you and what is right for you. You're not going to be able to tap into your truth that way. However, if you stay open to hearing and feeling and following the guidance, that will help you get to the point that your soul wants you to. And finally, your soul will often require you to do things that do not fit the textbook plan of your life. It will often ask you to shake things up if it's not in alignment, if you're not in the right vibration, if you're not on the right path. That is what is so beautiful about this journey. Stay open to embracing that and to being true to your soul and accepting that it's going to shake things up. It's really tough, but we must accept that sometimes we're asked to do things that on paper do not make sense. Maybe he's the perfect guy. Maybe you've been together for a really long time. Maybe everything just seems all hunky-dory, but yet this is what you feel. So I just want to leave you with that nugget because that's a really powerful one to remember. Now, to give you guys a little bit of hope, I'm going to share with you what happened six to eight weeks. I can't even remember now after I broke up with that particular relationship. I was on a date with my now husband and prior to my relationship with my husband I actually didn't really know what I wanted out of a relationship and what I wanted out of a man and what I needed other than that do or die comment from my sister I didn't really know the blessing of that relationship ending was that I became super 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 clear about what I needed who I needed, how I needed it, and what I personally wanted to experience in my life, in my soul journey, and how I was going to make that work. And as I sat at dinner on this first date with my now husband, I asked him a question, and he answered it. And his answer gave me a full body yes. In an instant, I had the knowing, and not this like lofty, beautiful romantic vision I just had the knowing just like I know that my name is Claire that he was the man that I would marry and I would have a family with him and he was integral to my personal journey it was massive yet so incredibly factual and simple and just so and the contrast for me in that moment being able to feel in my body and hear my heart and download the message very clearly 
to when I was ignoring myself and my heart and my mind and my body of what it was trying to tell me. The contrast, that was like the penny dropping and me realizing, wow, when you stay open and you just listen and feel and you're willing for the download to just come in without you getting your head in the way, you receive it, it's clear, the ego is out of the way and it just is. After that, my ego piped in and was like, this is too soon. You've just come out of a relationship. You need some alone time. But this is really important to this girl's question and for you as well. I had at that point learned enough to be able to shush my mind, go into some stillness and meditation and ask myself, what is true for you right now? And that's when my ego would hush and it would say, okay, I get it. This is right for you. This is where you're supposed to be. If you don't stay in your heart space or come to it and connect to it and stay with your truth in some way, you get lost with the ego. And the reality was when I would tune into these limiting ideas and stories and fear-based thinking that it was too soon and that I wanted to be alone, it didn't feel true. It felt like just words bashing around in my head. It didn't feel true in my body. It didn't feel resonant with my heart. So it was easy to release myself of those thoughts. Whereas taking you back to when I was in that situation, ignoring my heart, telling me I needed to leave this relationship, when I ignored it and I tried to say to myself, no, 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 this is all good. This relationship is fine. I'm happy in it. That felt really wrong. That didn't just feel like words bashing around in my head. That felt like a full body, what the heck, Claire, what's going on here? And that's where all the illness and discomfort and disease came through. And then, like I mentioned, when I actually broke up with him, the full body relief, the quiet in the head. So I just wanted to share that to round this off for you because from my personal experience, And I've got so many other stories of this through coaching clients. But from my personal experience, I had the contrast experiences very close together to be able to show me the difference between listening to my heart and my truth and hearing what was right for me versus ignoring it and versus letting the ego just play its fear-based games. So to the beautiful, incredible girl that wrote me that very open and honest email, I hope this helps. To anybody else out there that's in a similar situation or has a friend, please absorb this, pass it on. I hope this has helped in some way. And just know this doesn't necessarily apply to just relationships. This could be anything in your life. It could be about leaving a job, relocating, moving house, anything at all that's requiring you to make a decision and to follow your truth and to do what's right for you. I thank you so much for tuning in and for listening. And if you loved this episode, please jump over to iTunes and leave a rating and a comment. And of course, stay tuned for some more beautiful, incredible interviews and episodes coming up on The Wellness Project. And if you want to catch up, you can always catch up via iTunes, the Wellness Project podcast with Claire Obeyed. 
You can also find me on SoundCloud under Claire O Wellness or head to claireobeyed.com slash podcast. Sending you so much love and light today and take care of yourself.